Hello, everyone. Welcome to Trust the Process Show, a podcast hosted by me, Chris Reed. This podcast is for you if you are curious about other people and their stories. You believe that you can do more and you consider yourself a lifelong learner. Because on this podcast, I connect with men and women who have decided to put their all into something and succeed and fail along the way. As you listen to these episodes, I ask you to reflect on my guests' stories and bring them back to your own. What can you learn from their story? How does their story compare to yours? What are you going to do after this episode differently? Or what are you going to remain doing the same? So today on this Remembrance and Veterans Day, I wanted to bring you a special episode with a veteran who has not only fought for his country, but is helping train military personnel. His name is Prime Hall. As I mentioned, Prime is a US military veteran. He is also the founder of the Underwater Torpedo League and Deep End Fitness. Prime and I talk about his journey from the military, how he started UTL, and how he's been training NFL athletes, UFC fighters, and other professionals using his deep end fitness training regime. He also talks about how he is on his path to making UTL an official Olympic sport. But before I dive into this episode 37, if you haven't done so yet, please take the time to subscribe to the show. I am on a personal quest to put Trust the Process show into the top 100 podcasts. So you, by you subscribing helps me with my path to achieving this. If you haven't done so as well, I would love to hear your thoughts. So head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review if you haven't done so. Send this episode to your friends, your followers, and anyone else that you feel could find value. But today, as I mentioned, this is Remembrance and Veterans Day. I ask that you take the time out to pay respects and think about the veterans who have fought and who are currently fighting to help make your country free and safe. So without further ado, episode 37 on Trust the Process show with U.S. military veteran, founder of UTL and Deep End Fitness, Mr. Prime Hall. And then we are expanding into New York City, Dallas, uh, Miami, Las Vegas, and San Francisco and Honolulu, Hawaii right now. Oh, that's so fucking cool, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I love the name of your show. Thank you for having me on. I like the name of your show because uh, we always talk about a lot about processes. with uh, training individuals and and processes for ourselves to reach goals and whatnot. But uh, a funny story was that when we first, the first elite athletes that we trained were NFL players and uh, we put them through a six week program where they would meet us for two hours, one day a week at the pool. We would do like a restorative, regenerative type workout with them on Wednesdays to kind of break up their week and get them ready for the rest of the week. But, uh, they would, we would be putting them into stuff that they've never done before. And some of it was underwater training. 
and I would often brief it to them like you know like it was no big deal and then it was like you know just the next thing that we were doing and they would, they'd be like wait so we're gonna take the weights and run them underwater to the other side and then you want us to get like and then you want us to do what and, I'd be like, and so I started like to mess with them I would tell them hey don't question the process <laughs> and uh and uh <clears throat> but I said it as a joke, but also, um, you know, it's just, everything is a process and this is, you know, uh, we're in 2019. So this is the evolution of all of the processes and, you know, uh, training and pattern recognition and, you know, all this different stuff up till now. So there's plenty of people that have, for example, with what we do, training uh, water confidence in, and athletic performance um, in the pool you know, there's plenty of people that we've seen get trained that couldn't swim, that could swim with very well within a month or six weeks time period. There's actually a lot of them. So, you know, although there might be some fear of the unknown for someone to show up, even if they can't swim, they just can trust the process because they're not the first, it's not like they're going to Saturn, you know, they're not the first person that's done this there's not the first person that's been coached in a day to reach this level they're not you know what I mean and uh and so um part like a process I like to think about it is like you're basically getting on a conveyor belt you know a lot of processes that you can think of even someone getting into the NFL you know there's it, there's a lot of statistics and athleticism and and this and that that go into it and performance but then once you get into that into the zone for combine for example like there's def a definite process that has proven to be worked that gets refined and refined every year but you're basically you know you're you trust the process and you just play it out and do do the best that you can with um the tools that you're given you know and you're going to come out you're going to you're going to learn a lot throughout the process one but you're going to you're going to be able to get further than you could have ever even imagined, you know? Totally. Um, and I've seen that, I've seen that with training elite athletes out here. I've seen that in the military with training. And I'm not, you know, I, I got out of the military two years ago. I'm not a huge military type, uh, you know, veteran person. I like to think of myself as a civilian, but um, the military does an outstanding job in my opinion, of training and and refining the, the a training system that is methodical and building block approach, systematic crawl, walk, run, to where they've they've built it down to a science. You know, to where if someone meets these standards to get in, then there's probably like a 95% chance that they're going to be good to be in the military. You know, and then if they meet the standards to go in the infantry or into special operations. If they meet the standards, then there's maybe a 30% chance that they would pass this selection for special oper operations. And that's if they meet the standards on paper, but they know that, you know, they know these, uh, they know these statistics and they have it wired down to their selection process. Yeah, it really and is so, all a process. Um, you know, I was in the, I was in, in the infantry, but I was in the, uh, I was in the Navy. I'm, I'm a Canadian. So I was up, I'm up here in Canada. Um, awesome. so I was uh, a submariner in the Navy 
And uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's kind of where I, I kind of picked up this, I guess, mentality of, you know, trusting the process. Um, yeah. Similar to you, well, not similar, but my, you know, I do coaching more with uh, leadership and executives. And what often I think where I, where I want to start this show is that I think experience helps us create uh, the ability to trust any of the processes that we go through. And yeah. You know, like I've connected with folks like yourself in the military, plus the sports background, the people that are like more on the business side, or even people that have gone through uh, really tough times of just getting through like the dumps and what that process was to get out. So I think what I love about this show, why I like to connect with people, is just to to learn about. I think humans are so amazing, and we can all learn from each other. And why I was attracted to uh, to your story is one. I love a fellow veteran, but two, it just looked fucking mental what you were doing. And I was like, that is something cool. I need to talk to this guy because that looks, it looks like you put people through discomfort probably every single day. And I think that's where we really need to really sit into that trusting the process when we feel uncomfortable because our body, our minds want to say, nope, uh, I'm not walking across the bottom of that pool. I can't do that or whatever it may be. So uh, yeah, I appreciate you kind of living into the, uh, the mantra and the, the life of, uh, just trusting that process into whatever we do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and I use that a lot now. I use the trust the process a lot now with just my coaching and then my, I mentor a couple of different fighters, uh, and, uh, and also kids that have gone, uh, into the military that that ended up like seeking guidance from me that I ended up working with and mentoring. And basically, you know, uh, I've, I have different processes that have worked for me in the past when, especially in the worst times, you know? And, uh, and so one, one example is at dive school. So I, I actually failed and had a drowning experience my first time at dive school. At that point, I was already a water survival instructor and I was in special operations, but so it was cut really bad that I failed dive school because I should have been good. And uh, so I felt really ashamed and just like, gosh, and I got another chance to go back and I didn't get a chance to train in the pool in between uh, going and having that drowning experience and then going back. And so when I went back and I even just to swim the screener to get back into the course, like the 300 meter swim with whatever else we did, I felt like I was drowning the whole time and like was like paralyzed in fear and couldn't really explain that to anybody because that wasn't the culture, I don't think at the time, but, uh, but I just had to like figure it out, you know, and I didn't realize that I was going to be in that situation, but I literally had to slow it down and take it one thing at a time until I was able to start like feeling confident even swimming in the pool at all much less going down and getting wrapped up and then and then fast forward to the end of the course and you're doing the night dives which I mean all this can be a pleasant experience for me it was just because of this these other things that it wasn't um so when we're doing the night dives which is actually kind of cool coolest part of the course because you're on reverse schedule so you're not working during the day you're just going to dive at night um but I would get lost to where my, my compass would stop working and like, it would be frozen. I'd be, you know, you can't see anything, but your buddy and your uh, compass underwater. And we were in Key West and we're like 30 feet under and 
I would realize that I had been going the exact wrong direction for I didn't know how long, like five or ten minutes or whatever it was. And so I would have this freak out because I didn't want to fr- fail, especially a second time, you know. And I would be like, what am I going to do? My compass is not working. I would just have to relax and like sink all the way to the bottom of the ocean and just let it reset. And once the compass reset, I would just put it back on the where I, the the direction I was supposed to be going. Maybe I would offset it just a little bit if I felt confident to do that. And then I would just start going and just keep it steady. And I would just think in my head that there's thousands and thousands of people that have done this before you. Like these are broken ass compasses underwater, but everybody's used them. So it's a, just trust. Tr- they say trust your tack board. That's that's they, that's the saying that they use. But it's trust your compass. Right. But it's basically trust the process. Like you're not. It's not like you're landing on the moon and you have to figure it out. You're down doing this course that you've been training to do for the last month, month and a half, and your compass is freezing up just like they told you it would. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's a, you, you kind of mentioned a couple good points that I agree with. And the big one is you can make it a pleasant experience. Um, I think so many times in any situation, uh, we forget that we can choose the narrative to that particular moment. We can make it stressful. We can make it challenging. Uh, we can make it really, really uncomfortable, but you can also choose to make it a pleasant experience, uh, an experience that's not going to sink you or get your heart rate up. So where does, where did that kind of mental ability on your side come from then? Cause I think that's, that's a huge component in any of these things. Like you have the external challenges, right? Like you obviously work with fighters and athletes and military people that are all physically capable of doing this. But then we get this moment of like, you mentioned the NFL team, like, Oh, you want me to do that? which I think comes back to that mental piece. So what do you do or what have you learned and how have you shared that with uh, the people at your, uh, your facility? Mm. Yeah. So uh, I had, I used to have a mental focus coach. I used to do a lot of mental focus training. I've been doing it on my own for a while. So basically uh, what, what it looked like for me, I started probably in 2008 or 2007. And this was also as I was trying to branch out, and just like expand my my training horizons before I went into special operations as well. And so I was doing long distance endurance type stuff. I was doing like, uh, you know, I guess water deprivation, um, ocean swims when I couldn't really swim that well. And then I was doing like, you know, swim, run, gym, and then mental focus stuff. So it would be like six hour workouts and it would finish with me holding a stick out. Um, that would usually be about seven pounds. And uh, for that, especially since I'm an impatient person, I would go through all these different emotions when I would hold it out. And I would just be like, come on, you know, or I can't do this. And like, you know, I'm pissed, uh, you know, even getting emotional. And then I would get mad at myself because I was getting mad about it and then I was getting worked up. And then, and then always at the end of that, I would always find this like relaxed focus where I was just holding it straight out. And uh, I had reached this kind of flow state with performance and focus where I didn't care anymore to hold it out. And, uh, 
And so I've, I've been, I've been, I've been interested in that ever since I got into that. And so one quick way that you can kind of get, get into that level of focus is when you go underwater. And so everybody has a dive response that goes off because they breathe air. So as soon as you go under, you have a signal that's going off that's saying, I need air, I need air, I need air. And you basically have to override that log into a high level mental focus. And that can apply to a lot of different things. And then the other thing that happens when you do that is um, a lot of times you figure out, including myself, is like, why am I unable to focus today? Well, it's because I need to fix these other things that are going on, you know? Like, I can't focus because I have shit that I need to be fixing. You know, or there's some things that I that I didn't do right that I need to sort out. Or, you know, there's some changes I need to make with what I'm doing. That's why I'm having a hard time focusing, you know. But uh, so it kind of brings out things and lets you kind of solve. Because you're in competition with yourself You're when you're underwater, you know. Everybody's body's different. So some people can go underwater with no effort. Some people have to, like, do work to stay down. Um, that's one example, but, you know, everybody's, you know, even with where people are at that day, you know, someone might just be having a really good relaxed day and they'll be able to outperform everybody, you know? Um, but, uh, we call the waters, the great equalizer, especially when you go underwater, um, where, you know, people, uh, you could, I've seen 300 pound guys compete against a 105 pound girl and it'd be equal you know equal on both sides mm -hmm. just you know what i mean but uh so that's one cool thing um and uh i don't know if that answered your question yeah i might no, have gotten I, off track no i like that you know i'm just kind of spreading so i always write notes and, yeah. and just kind of paint a picture but i really i guess i haven't thought of it this way and i think what you said is is interesting it's you know, when you're unable to focus, there is something that needs to be resolved. And so it's almost like you've created a self-awareness that when those moments are off, you know, you need to look within where I think many people uh, who struggle with this, you know, there's a lot of people who struggle with not being able to focus, whether it be on physical or schoolwork, whatever it may be. Uh, but I never really thought of it that way. There's something that needs to be resolved. So do you yeah. do anything like a daily meditation or mindful or, or just journaling? I know some people have different ways to really get clear with where they are, their current state is for that particular day. Does, do you do anything that kind of gets you set up or do you support your uh, athletes with anything around that as well? Yeah, so I've done the... Uh, about a month ago, I did. If you've heard of DMT, no, I haven't. So, if you Google DMT toad experience, um, it's basically like a healing experience. Um, that uh, Joe Rogan talks a lot about it. Mike Tyson recently did it, I think, six months ago. But uh, it's like a, a mental reset, but it's a chemical that is found in a Sonoran Desert toad that they extract and crystallize and they use it as medicine. Hmm. And uh, I don't know if you want to put this on your show or not, but uh, anyway, I, I did that uh, about a month ago because I was having problems um, of my own with depression and stuff. And uh, 
and I got a full reset. So I, I was trying, I was doing meditation before, but now I do meditation at least probably 20 to 30 minutes a day. And, uh, I'm out in the sun a lot and I don't wear sunglasses at all. And, uh, I'm, uh, I go out into nature usually like at least 20 minutes in the morning or in the evening or both. And then, uh, I'm going out into the ocean, uh, at least twice a week. So is it the connection to nature? I know I always kind of refer to it as like the universe. I mean, the earth is so much more powerful than humans. Universe. Yeah. You know, so I, like myself, I live on Vancouver Island. Um, so even this morning, one of my good buddies, who's a former paratrooper, one of my veteran buddies, uh, we, we meet up every morning at 05.30 to, to work out. And uh, we go for runs and then go for a dip in the, uh, the ocean up here um, in Canada, which is cold. It's cold as hell. But I find when I connect to nature and get away from everything else, it does, I find I get some sort of centering or balance. Is that something that you're kind of referring to there with then being out in nature and being out in the water? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I I believe that in order to reach your maximum performance and potential, you have to be in a state of happiness. Mm. And uh, and so, in order to do that, like um, you know, you have to tap into whatever you can. That's your you know what I mean that that does that for you. For me, it's I'm a serious water person, so I. I'm in the pool or the ocean probably six days a week, sometimes every day. And, uh, and, um, our principles that we, that we focus on is pretty much is all falls into one main acronym, which is free. So mental focus, another example of mental focus is like when, you know, being in the infantry out here, there's a lot of hills and mountains that you have to climb. And so as you go on these hikes, you know, that are like forced marches pretty much, you know, that you're not, it's not like, like you're the one that planned that route and was excited to wake up at 3 a.m. to go do this hike with 50 pounds. But you find yourself climbing these mountains and you like have to figure out these mental tricks because there's people that are falling back, you know, and I don't want to fall back. So, um, so you know, it's like you find reference points as you're climbing a mountain, you know, like I'm just going to make it to that next rock or whatever it is, or I'm just going to look down and count numbers as I'm grinding, getting my, my pace in, you know, setting the pace. But what I'm not going to do is step off at the beginning and look at the top of the mountain ever, you know, and, and, and look at it and look at how small people look up there or look at how big, long it looks to walk up there. No, that doesn't help me at all. So I'm immediately logging into a focus. I'm looking at the ground. I'm counting numbers. I'm getting my mindset. I'm getting dialed in. I'm getting my breathing in. A lot of the a lot of the uh, focus that we do goes in with breathing, you know. So mental focus, on-demand relaxation. Relaxation is the R in free. So think of a surfer that gets trapped under a wave, like in Hawaii, uh, for two to three minutes, and all they have is that quick breath 
you know, if they're experienced, they've been lowering their heart rate as they're on the wave or as they're getting ready, they get that last breath that they get and then they're underwater. They don't have to do work when they're down there, but they just have to relax and have that relaxate that on-demand relaxation, which they all build. And it's very uh, kind of, uh, they're the perfect example to talk to about this, that exact thing. Um, and then also think of a jujitsu or MMA fighter that's, you know, you know, training or competing and they have to slam somebody or do something that's going to require them to use max effort and then immediately go into being relaxed, you know? And so, yeah, so we worked on demand relaxation with a couple different things. And then the uh, last two are letters E and E uh, are economy of motion. So first for what we do, it's black and white. It's really simple with everybody's body type, you know, with each uh, swim stroke that we teach or, or have our swimmers or athletes do, you know, there's a, economy of motion that they have that's basically if they were doing everything effectively with their arm action leg action body position and glide then they would be maximizing it a hundred percent and have full flow and be able to get into that flow state that makes sense Mm -hmm. so any bad movement or extra movement creates drag and slows you down now you can take that concept right there and apply it to a lot of different things like you know my driving patterns and my, is there any flow to my daily life? Is there any flow in my house with how I have all my stuff positioned? Is there flow with how I have my stuff organized, my meetings, like my, uh, you know, priorities, all this different stuff. How does it flow? How can I integrate things? Um, you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, you can, you can go deep into that subject, but for us, uh, you know, in a training perspective in the water, how can we be efficient with everything that we're doing from getting across the pool on the surface, going down to the bottom, coming up, getting more efficient every single time using different techniques maybe, but we're getting more efficient every single time that we're, that we're working these techniques. Um, and then the last one is efficient breathing. So we have an upper regulation breathing cycle that we do on the side of the pool before we start. And that's just, 30, 20 to 30 seconds to get our lungs warmed up and ready. Um, and then we'll go into automatically uh, heart rate control, lowering our heart rate in our individual space. And then once everybody's ready, then we'll uh, get hop in the pool and start training. And then the, the entire time we're working heart rate control. So for the MMA fighters, when, especially in fight camps, like we're, we're getting them, we're training them to standards to where whenever they get to their actual fight and they make it, they have a minute off that one minute for them is like three minutes compared to what it feels like for their opponent because their heart rate control and their breathing uh, abilities and performances through the roof because they've had to go, they've had to go through five, five minute rounds with us with less than a minute in between where they were not there, where they were underwater for a lot of those five minute rounds. And so when they're on the surface, they're maximizing that, that air like they'd never have before. And then they build that as a, as like a, a tool that they have to where they're, they're doing this diaphragmic breathing instead of chest breathing and they're maximizing every breath with full volumes of air. And it's really cool to see. And that's a process that we built that we are exercising with these fighters that is awesome. 
Um, I just got done swimming with Dominic Cruz. Oh, no He's a UFC fighter. And, yeah, I'm in, I'm in front of his house, actually, in my car right now on my headphones. But <laughs> that's, that's awesome. he was He's a great fighter, he was, too. He, he is, yeah. And he's, he's training. Uh, we were doing some mental focus training where um, he had uh, restraints on. And so, he, you know, he hasn't done that before. And so he had restraints on and hopped in the pool. And this is like, a, a private one-on-one training scenario we aren't doing this you know without master instructors in, a, in like a you know protected setting so he ups in and everything's safe anyway he but you know he has to go through this process of swimming with restraints behind his back mm-hmm. and then working through it and then now like it took him 10 seconds and he was relaxed and then he found a way to do it and then just like chilled and, and was able to swim there for five minutes with these restraints on where, you know, a, a minute or two before he was looking at me like I was crazy, <laughs> you know, and you it's just another thing. Of course, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know what, everything and, and my, my thing is like, this isn't like a, uh, you know, find your why exercise. Mm-hmm. I, I just like seeing people evolve, mm-hmm. you know, and every time that I'm with people and I see them kind of turn into from a caterpillar into a butterfly in different ways or just hit these next level, next level, next level, next level of just them like cracking the code on, on how they feel or perform better is what I'm, what I'm here to do, you know? And uh, sometimes it feels like Tony Robbins in, as a pool instructor, you know what I mean? But we can see, you can see a lot when you go underwater with someone. One, you have to have a trust with them when you're training. But two, you can just work with that person on that same level that you have with the underwater training. And it creates a lot of uh, open, uh, it opens a lot for you to figure out like, okay, well, you know, what other things you need to work on or, you know, what other mental aspects were you, were you thinking about down there? And usually it brings up other stuff that, they've really been meaning to work on they just didn't have it come to mind or they hadn't it hadn't been brought to the surface before you know so how much you did that's uh, i i absolutely love the free acronym that's uh, as you were talking it's it really is isn't just meant for the pool or fitness it totally can if you could take that concept and and move it into anything you're doing it really is anything bro it's a ted talk you know what i mean it's whatever it's and and we do that, we do it with any group of people, any different elite athletes, you know, we, we modify, we, it's all the same thing. It's just modified, personalized to them or whatever their training goals are. And, um, do you and so, work uh, with uh, professional athletes or do you guys have like, if I was in San Diego and I wanted to do this, is there like a everyday person class or are you guys strictly focused on high performing athletics right now? Uh, so there's, we have about 10 locations in Southern California right now, and we have okay. about 20, 20 different instructors. And I focus on the elite training in San Diego and La Jolla mostly, and then business development of the two brands, which is underwater torpedo league. And so that's the sport that our goal is to get to the Olympics awesome. in the next 10 years. Um, and we're, we're doing everything to, to set that up. 
as best as we can. And so um, we really believe in that. I'm going to actually uh, to a video game conference here this week to uh, pitch our uh, UTL video game concept. That's basically like underwater torpedo league, vert, like meets NBA jam. So you can unlock all the elite athletes that we train with. Cool. And, uh, and it's 360 degree sport underwater. So it kind of creates a cool, uh, cool vibe with the game. So, so where did um, that, but, uh, that concept come from? Is that you that came up with the UTL or was that a combined effort? Yeah. So it's myself and Don Tran are the co-founders, but there's okay. a lot of people that are, you know, part of the process growing up. I, uh, when I was in 2009, I was a water survival instructor getting ready for special operations training. And we worked at a pool um, and we, one of the games we would play is underwater football. And we would just play with like, uh, we had a torpedo that we would play with where it would just be like, touch the wall with like five on five. And then we would play different techniques with the torpedo to like <clears throat> train our instructor staff to, uh, to get more confident in the water. Cause that was, that was a problem that we had was maintaining enough instructors and getting them up to speed quickly once we hired them to be able to run, you know, swim qualifications and, and be able to swim at a high level. And, uh, and so we developed these different techniques, but we were also training for special operations. So we were trying to push ourselves mentally and physically as much as possible to, to get hard, get ready. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we had basically a muscle beach gym set up outside of the pool and then we ran the pool with the other instructors there. So, you know, we had the schedule unlocked. So once we closed the gates, we could do whatever workout we wanted to before we left. And we were doing, you know, awesome training there. And, you know, run, swim, runs and run, gym, swim, run, pool, whatever. Um, and then we were also playing this game. And the game puts all the different swimming abilities together. We don't play with fins. So uh, that was the first part of the game. And then it was just kind of always blew my mind that it wasn't a sport. So I kept playing it. Um, when we went to uh, North Carolina for a year for special operations training, it was, we were playing it a lot on the weekends and stuff to bring other people's water confidence up because a lot of people were dropping in the pool. And me personally, I just wanted to play when we would be going. So I was always just wanting to play. I used to come out and lay at pools here in Southern California and just picture this sport. And like, you know, that was probably 10 years ago or something like that, but I would imagine it. And, uh, we got into, I guess, 2012, 2000, well, 2013, 2014, we, uh, I got put on a dive team. And so we were Marine Raiders are like, you know, modern day Marine special operations, which are kind of like, it's like a startup organization for special operations. So we, uh, we don't go through dive school during our initial training like navy seals do for example so we got put on a you know a, the first dive team or one of the first dive teams that we had and uh so a big thing was get we got a lot of pool training in so we were playing this game non-stop and everybody on my team got so efficient in the water and then uh we ended up starting to challenge other special operations teams within our unit and then when we we were in Guam doing some training and uh, we got to play a Navy SEAL team. And, uh, 
and that was just like brutal because it was like I mean now we play five on five and that's like really good size teams back and forth with tactics and everything but we were playing I think like 10 on 10 or 9 on 9 in these games in this game with the Navy SEALs and it was just like uh just rough rough how so so just with that many people you know you get tangled up and then you're just like you know you get in these situations where it's like hard to get to the surface because there's just way too many people and or you know you're having to fight off six or eight people instead of three or five you know um so uh but for that one um they had came we didn't really have it organized but they had showed up with fins that they were going to play with fins and we didn't have fins because we never played like that and so uh we thought that they were that they weren't going to take their fins off at first which they ended up doing but I had ended up putting oil all over my body by that point because I thought that they were going to play dirty with keep their fins on. So then the whole game, they couldn't even touch you. So that's one thing. If you do want to play and you want to, you want to get a little advantage, you can throw a little baby oil on and you'll just be, you'll just slide right through the whole crowd. That's awesome. So how many, how big is the league now then? So is it just in the uh, South Cal area or is it going across the country now? It's growing across the country. It's it's we're in season six right now. Um, I think we're in week five, so we have the Aqua Bowl coming up here, and cool. uh, at the end of October. But uh, we're we have instructors that are already up in the Bay Area. We have one in Miami, and we have one in Dallas, and we're going to do follow-on instructor courses out there in those cities, along with Vegas, New York City, and Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, by the end of the year, we're, we have trips planned all those places. So um, we're, we're pushing. I also finished my MBA program at USC uh, last summer. So I've been pretty, I've been basically freer to launch the, the expansion. And all of, our, all of our instructor certifications have been accredited by the National Association of Science and Medicine, National uh, Certification uh, our national American council for exercise, um, and all that other stuff. So we, we're launching. And so we opened up the national expansion about 30 days ago. And so, um, yeah, it feels good. So what's, I mean, you've done a lot and congrats on finishing your MBA. Uh, that's another huge feat on itself. Mm-hmm. What's next for you, man? I mean, you've obviously there's you're a guy that's uh, who pushes himself to to the as far as you can go. So you got your yeah. MBA, you're taking UTL to the Olympics. What year do you want to do that by? Sorry, 2020. Uh, so 2028 is basically the backstop goal. Okay. But we're looking to establish the sport in three continents and then submit our application. And is that a big so we process? have North America, North America, Australia is definitely one, and we're trying to lock in what the third one is. I mean, there's always a, the Canadians. We're not bad people, you know. No, I know, bro. <laughs> I, it's just we need the we need the we need the word on the street, the demand signal. Absolutely, well, I can definitely try to uh, share that. Uh, I'm actually going to be down in your neck of the woods at the end of the month maybe i should stop by the pool and check it out yeah bro yeah 
Cool. So you got the UTL, you got deep end fitness. Um, for you outside of like, I feel like you have a strong passion to like grow people mentally and physically. Um, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people look up to you as their coach. Who is your person that you look up to or you get support from, or do you have many people that uh, are helping you along your process? Cause I think you mentioned there having mentors, having coaches, what does that side look like for you? Yeah, so my grandparents were always big kind of guides and mentors for me growing up. Um, and so I always had, before I would go into anything hard, I would always call my grandmother, basically write a check and tell her, hey, I'm going into this training or I'm going on this deployment or whatever it is. And she so she would she would then ask me like, well, you know, you're going to be good, right? You never quit, right? Or say stuff like that. And I'd be like, no, of course not. You know, and that's basically like me, you know, writing that check because then there's no amount of like cold, tired, or hungry or whatever it was that could make me quit. Cause I couldn't explain to my grandmother who's been through all this stuff with me that, that, uh, that like, yeah, you know, it was really, I woke up and it was kind of cold that morning or, you know, we didn't sleep the night before. And so, I was feeling sorry for myself and quit. You know, that wasn't an option at that point. So that was that was kind of what I used going through the military. That was a huge thing for me. And then um when I got out, I that that had only that could only take me so far. So I, I ended up luckily getting really good mentors as I was getting out. And uh my buddy Derek Herrera had gotten out. He was my team leader uh and went through all of the special operations training with me but he was with me in afghanistan and got shot and uh paralyzed immediately from the chest down so he got out he's been you know really made a, a positive uh push with everything that he's done since he's gotten out um and was able has been able to kind of be a really really good mentor to me and and showing me different uh guidance and stuff so as I've gotten out you know this set me up for success um and then uh you know some of my professors at USC when I was in my MBA program uh my um you know just different advisors and mentors I have uh Dave Alberga who's here in San Diego um has just people that kind of take you under their wing and um give you good guidance just 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 to be a good person you know um but yeah basically uh, even bill walton bill walton uh former nba star uh who's an announcer now uh just people like that that have kind of done everything that you could do in their sector and they're just information sharing with you and giving you good tips uh my um one of my buddies, Arn Frederick, that I did a podcast with uh, a couple of months ago, there's a World Cup soccer player from Germany, just awesome dude, training with people like that, getting stretches your mental, you know, uh, frameworks, because they, they're explaining to you, yeah, you know, this is what I was going through in my first World Cup, and then in my second World Cup, this is how things slowed down for me, this is how things felt, you know, I was able to score a goal. 
and then that's you know and then I learned this and this and this and then you talk with NFL players and you have to stretch your programming that you're doing with them compared to just people off the street so you're learning so much by training them because you're having to fill in all these gaps that you have and then you're learning so much and then you're also uh learning from them like what what works for them to get ready for games what kind of mental aspects they have what what they've seen that works for for the for the longest lasting best performing nfl players you know and, and you're getting all that information in the fighters you know training with these top fighters that are uh in fight camps you know that's they're martial artists they're trying they're seeking to be the the find the best version of themselves and they're training like eight hours a day and all these different techniques and so they're just constantly their sense of urgency is high we train the olympic swimmers that are out here with team elite and when you train and i've uh been around olympians before um at a course that i went to a dartmouth business school uh, in new hampshire called tuck next step and so but olympians have a high sense of urgency you know, they're the people that when they were born, they, uh, there was something inside of them that makes them want to be first, that makes them want to be the best, that makes them want to do, ev- that get to the top of the mountain and every single possible thing. And they have this just high sense of urgency to where those are the people that I love training with the most, the people that have the highest sense of urgency. And usually it's, olympians uh the fighters and 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 then all professional athletes from there or someone that's trying to to really meet a specific goal that they have they just have a very high sense of urgency it could be even uh military prep training kids that are so serious about joining the military and they want to make such a difference and they just want to get this water confidence you know or whatever it is but the opposite of someone that i like training is the a person that's like on their phone or they're like uh you know late or you know they're basically you have to repeat yourself twice you know i like the people so that's i've just gravitated and luckily you know landed with you know we're coming up on our two-year anniversary that we started these companies two startups that's amazing and uh, and the caliber of athletes that you've been able to attract in 24 months that's pretty yeah but you know what it's all belief because when I showed up, I, I, I wasn't training. All I was doing was I was, we had launched it. We had been open for six months. We had had a couple leagues, successful league rotations. And so now I was doing beta tests up and down around San Diego and Orange County, do, training different groups, high school, building the program out with the high school team. We went to USD, did a college team, like doing all these different groups. And I got contacted to do a six week NFL program. And, you know, when the first player that showed up was Manti Teo, he came to try it. And then after that, then all the rest of the players came. And this was in the summer of 2018. Hmm. And, and I was, I was so much, I was so busy at that point doing different sessions that I, and I didn't even know if this guy was going to show up. So when he showed up and I realized I didn't even know who he was at first, but I was like, once I realized it was Manti and that this was a badass NFL player that came and I just put him through the ringer for two hours and I, I didn't even wasn't even paying attention but then the next week they all came and it was like these Goliath type people these huge badass NFL players you know and I got to put them all through the ringer for six weeks and, and te- we, me and my team got to teach some of them how to swim and uh 
And so for me, it felt like just, and then that it was like field of dreams, but pool edition. Like if you build it, they will come just keep coming back to this pool because that's the same pool that I actually used to train in like 10 years ago too, before I even knew how to swim that I would be dying in. And so I've got a lot of history there. So I've been, that's my main pool in La Jolla, the high school. And after that, then David Marsh, the Olympic swim coach had seen it or heard about it with the NFL guys and came and, and, and watched me for several weeks and, questioned me on everything that we were doing and then we started training with the olympic swimmers that he's with with team elite um getting to train not only the olympic swimmers here in southern california but all of them that come to train with them out here we would get get to train with them and it was just you know another stretching of our knowledge base and programming and you know how we're going to train to add how we're going to add full value to them because it's going to be different than the training that we're doing with the fighters they want something just a little bit different. Everyone needs, it's all personalized to them. So, um, and then another thing that we do uh, in every session that we run is called a circle of trust. So we get in a circle at the beginning and then we go over, if there's anybody new, then we'll give them a breakdown of who we are, what we do and what the game plan is to knock down those, that fear of the unknown as much as we can. And then we'll go around and just set goals for the day including myself, like whoever's there, we all have specific reasons why we're there and what we're trying to achieve. And then we all help each other to achieve that the rest of the session. And then at the end of the session, it's more of like a debrief and just like, you know, hype session, like, all right, what did, you know, or whatever, if someone did something really well, we'll point it out. And then, you know, other, otherwise like still learning, you know, there's the 80% solution. So what did you guys really like? that we did or what could we improve on or what do you want to see more of or whatever, you know, and then we'll get really cool feedback usually out of that. Um, but also gives us a chance to kind of, uh, sync up with everybody one last time before we close out the circle for the day. And, uh, so everybody, and, and, and honestly, it's everybody's gets to know each other pretty well in this process because you have a trust with each other doing this training. And, at the end of the day, it's still in a controlled environment, like going out in the oceans, significantly more uh, risky. But with with what we're doing, and we're doing everything in a crawl, walk, run, methodical manner, even every time. So a good example with with uh, with process too is uh, when you go to shooting, you know, high level shooters and in special operations, and then just shooting. If if you get into shooting or, or research, professional shooting they show up they lay all their gear out they're methodical they go they put just their pistol belt on this is what we used to do in training just put our pistol belt on with just our pistol no ammo we go set up a target and we just practice drawing the pistol just slow just and then we we have that foundation built now we add a magazine we start doing reloads and then we you know once we're confident with that it's like building block approach now we add our rifles so now we're dual shooters so we, you know, shooting with the rifle, you run out, you go transition your pistol, you know, you reload your pistol and, you know, you're so, but you don't just jump in and throw all your stuff on and run out. Sometimes, yeah, you have to because you're late or whatever, but generally the process is that you get there early and you slow and you methodically build up and get into shooting because usually every day we have to qualify on the range, which is a full qualification of running and shooting and transitioning to pistol, doing all this stuff. So. Um, it's very nice and the pool is the same way. 
just because you've gone to the, to a high level or you or you 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 did this crazy goal, that doesn't mean that every time you get to the pool that you're going to jump in and be expected to do that same thing. We do a crawl, walk, run methodical process to one, get our lungs warmed up, get our bodies ready, then get in, get ready, you know, get into it, start building it up, and then build up process to where, you know, if it, that you might end up, it's all crawl, walk, run, but yeah, you might end up doing some cool stuff that day, but it doesn't matter if you don't, it's just that loose expectation that you have or whatever goals you have. I think the main theme that I'm hearing with everything that you've done is truly sitting in the process. I think so many people just want, I think, and I think this is just the world we're in now maybe, but it's this like instant gratification world where it's just like, we want people want it and they want it now. And what I'm hearing from you prime is like, it's no, it's, it, it's every step in the process. It's, and it could take a lot longer than you expect, but allowing yourself to like relax, slow things down, be methodical uh, and build that foundation versus uh, racing to the finish and not, uh, not focusing on the middle piece of where all that growth and learning happens. Yep. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, on the movie Fight Club? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when, he, uh, when he pours the chemical, chemicals on his arm, you know, it's like uh, you, have to, you have to be able to, to uh, be present and go through these things that are going to build these calluses, mental calluses that are going to allow you to to go through this over and over again and make it easier and easier for you. Even when we started these programs, I was having drowning thoughts uh, when we were training the first, because I was still having issues from a near drowning experience that I had had um, in 2013. And so I was freezing up sometimes when I was swimming and I've gotten all my confidence back swimming. And, uh, and to where I don't ever think about that and uh it's just like the, it's these little cow it's like when you go to the gym and you work out and you get your callus gets a little bit more strong a little bit layer over it it's the same thing with your mind you're just you're you're building these strong pathways of confidence with these things that you're doing that are blocking out those pathways those negative pathways that you had or experiences yeah it's a great point like that whole mental callus callus the mind and it's Calluses don't happen after one workout. They don't happen after one um, time of adversity. It's, it, is, it truly is an evolution of uh, many events. And it's amazing to, sometimes for me at least, you know, you look at things and it, it could be like, oh, that's so far away. But even going back to what you say, and I've started to do this too, it's like stop looking at the top of the mountain and just look at the next, uh, the next milestone. And things don't things become not as far as as we originally thought they were, and it's amazing. Even just talking, hearing your story, Prime, it's like within two years, right? You know, I'm sure there was some moments in there that it's just like slow, 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 and then all of a sudden, like you said, um, that first, you know, potato comes, and then the rest of the team come, and then the coach, the Olympic coach comes, and it's amazing by just staying to the process, focusing on the the goals ahead of you. Uh, how the universe truly <laughs> unfolds, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was telling myself, like, dude, I'm I'm just gonna keep coming here every Wednesday after we stopped the 
after the NFL players like left and went back in the season. And, uh, and even if there's nothing going on, I'm just going to come back here and everything materialized for me just going there. Like I wasn't doing any networking. I was just showing up there and everything, everything came in. Uh, Manti Teo went to high school with the Lima Lane McFarlane and she is the Bellator flyweight champ at 125 and undefeated. And she was the first MMA fighter that came because Manti told us about it. And, uh, and so she came and she's been, she's from Hawaii. So she's naturally pretty good in the water and she's just been uh, pushing the program. She's an instructor now. She brought Liz Carmouche, who's the first UFC female fighter. Yeah, I remember this. Straight. Yeah, she's a she. She just had a championship fight uh, about a month, two months ago. But she, uh, she was a Marine too. She's a beast. She's an instructor, and she's like pretty much close to being a master instructor. She's programming all types of crazy workouts, and she's a really good, good example of someone that has built their. Uh, heart rate control and CO2 tolerance and VO2 max to a completely different level. That's super cool, man. I love this story. Um, I definitely, when I get down there, I think I got to stop by and it freaks that it, it scares the shit out of me. I'm not a big water guy. kind of, I mean, that's why I guess I was in a submarine. I didn't have to swim. I could go underwater in a tube. Um, <laughs> but I've been, I've been like you, I've been trying to surround myself with, uh, you know, just people that, pull the best out of me so i'm currently training with uh, an olympian here on the island gold medalist and it's amazing when you put yourself around these people uh how much deeper you can dig and uh you know as i saw you guys are doing it's uh that's something i'm like mm, you know what i need to do that um so i think next time I'm down there man if it's open i'll definitely uh, be swinging by oh yeah I'm gonna hold you to that, bro. Cool, man. Well, that's good. I need that. So we need accountability. <laughs> it sounds like you guys crazy. Yeah. Uh, man, it's been yeah, fun man. listening to all this. I think this is. Uh, I can't wait to see how this unfolds. I mean, just in two years, what you've been able to uh, to do, and it feels like you're not even getting close to the uh, the peak yet. So this is just. Uh, it's gonna be exciting to watch. I've enjoyed watching your story online and now i've been fortunate enough to uh to, to connect with you and uh, call you my friend so of course bro same here likewise great chatting with you thank you awesome well probably i will uh, i will keep in touch i'm gonna be down there at the end of the month so i'll connect with you offline but uh thank you so much for for sharing your story uh if there's anyone who wants to get in touch with you or learn more about the different things that you have going on uh how would, what would be the best route uh for them to do that uh, they can just DM us on Instagram, okay. uh, which is uh, at Deep End Fitness or at Underwater Torpedo League, um, or just hit us up on our websites, deependfitness.com and utlnation.com. And uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. Just search my name, Prime, like Amazon Prime, Hall, like Hallway. Too easy. Easy. I'll put, I'll put the links in the uh, description of the episode, too, for anyone who wants to li link off. But, uh, again, my man, it was uh, an absolute pleasure, and I appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, hop on with me here. Of course, bro. Thank All right, you. Man. All right, man. We'll talk to you All soon. Right. Thanks so much. Cheers. Cheers, bro. Later.